Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey, everybody. David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. You're short-staffed and desperate to get someone in the door, so you put out an ad, you conduct some interviews, you're lucky to get someone hired. Weeks later, you're ready to fire them. What happened? What is causing this and what can we do to prevent it? In this episode recorded at Apex 2021, Lucas and I sit down with Tom Shear of Shear Sales and Service and Bill Nalu of Interstate Auto Care to discuss this very thing and a few other topics. Before we get into it, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on YouTube. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast listening app, make sure you have a set to automatically download the latest episode so you never miss an upload. And now, here we go. Lots of cool stuff going on. I mean, it's a really cool show. And, like, I'm, I'm used to going to these other shows, yeah. man. This sucker's huge. Do, do we want to delve into the <laughs> 60% that's missing from this show and why yeah. we think it might be? Yeah, absolutely. What, they what they wanted to get normal shop owners here for the first time. Can you turn mine just a hair off? And uh, they, I don't know how many they actually pulled because we were we were walking around looking for for shop owners, yeah. and we only found Tom Shear and nobody else. Well, great. You're and the he kind of stands here. out, though. I mean, he's he's like Rick White in 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 a younger, skinnier form. I mean, he he just stands out. That's a hell of a compliment. Yeah, it is. Although I don't know if that's guy. how he's meaning this. Yeah, I think he's going a little bit sideways there. <laughs> <laughs> this thing has already started off sideways. It would, have we ever menstruating have we ever, men? Have we ever done one of these that's not sideways? Yes, yeah. No, we've exist. done. We've kept them straight. Uh, we had the one with the the, the head HR person yeah. uh, at Advance, so we kept that one super professional. Yeah. Who else? That's the only one I can. No, remember. Chris Chesney. No, we kept what? that one pretty professional. We Those didn't. Were what, we two didn't minutes go stupid. Worth? 
Yeah. No, no, it was a full hour. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So so you say 60% of them are missing. What do you mean? Explain it. We've got 60%. Uh, th- those, are the, those are pretty good numbers from what I've gathered, you know, just visually and, and, uh, and from the data that's, that I've been able to confirm. And I think some of it has to do with, I think the tone is, the overriding tone for Apex mm-hmm. should be, that if you're a shop owner that has any struggles whatsoever, which only is about, I don't know, 100% of shop owners around the country, you might want to come here and meet, I don't know, a few hundred shop owners and understand that there's not a a problem that exists in this this physical universe and in this industry that we belong to that doesn't have some solution connected to it. Because you've got some really, really smart people. Some really smart people. That uh, that can add to your repertoire yeah. as a shop owner, and so to me, I don't even come here for the training. I just come here for the camaraderie and to, to, right. to pr- frankly, to thank some of the suppliers that we deal with. To be able to see, I mean, I came in here through Out of Value Bumper to Bumper back in the 2016 was the first one. Out of Value Bumper to Bumper does this every three years, right? And uh, so next year is our big year, and I'm closing the shop down, and I'm bringing everybody with me because the last time we did that i took brought my a tech my my uh my b tech and uh, and my son and we had just a th- i mean yeah. it was just it was wonderful it was absolutely wonderful it experience. is so much fun i mean to to bring your whole team to an event like this is huge right i mean we we do that we we go to aste sometimes we'll go to vision we don't always shut the shop down i'm taking everybody to stx this year so taking the whole shop so, I mean, you know, those things build culture for the shop and they build an environment where people can truly engage, right? Like it, it's away from the shop. You don't have that stress and that pressure. So you can truly learn and, and it's almost like it's you easier. You can connect. To, yeah. It, it's easier to people, say the yeah. things that you may not say in the shop, right? Because you're sitting around the dinner table. You've had a few drinks. It, it builds culture, you know? That's huge for me. So I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, so you're saying you're calling everybody who isn't here out, out? Is that what you're saying? Well, I think as shop owners, I'm. I think it's incumbent upon us. I think we have a, a responsibility to show up to these events, and this is without guilt, by the way. I, I'm really this is, it's my personal view, and I, and I and I I'm appealing to us as an industry to show up to these things because they spend a hell of a lot of money. These the, oh, yeah. the, yeah, the, the suppliers crazy. spend a lot of money to put this stuff together. Yeah. So the least the least thing that we can do, show up to these things. And shake a bunch of hands and say, I really appreciate yeah. you making this. Because this is essentially our Super Bowl week. I, yeah. mean, I know the word Super Bowl has been patented. So get ready. You guys are going to get sued for this, right? Hey, don't we worry. Gotta, we'll you're going to have the, the NFL calling on you. We'll send you the bill. <laughs> but this is, this is our industry Super yeah. Bowl week. I don't know if it gets any bigger than that. If there is, somebody tell me. But I don't think so. This is as big as it gets. And, so, and it seems like it's getting bigger and bigger. Right. You guys... I'm not the only one that's seeing all kinds of really big, big capital coming in this industry. You see Wall Street really. I mean, I met several people that were uh, investors, yeah. um, and they wanted to talk to some of the some of the vendors that I do business with, and so right. they wanted sort of a personal conversation with somebody who's a client of theirs. Seen did about three or four of those yesterday. Right. Um, there's a lot of money looking for a place yeah and and i've said this over and over again i'll say this another thousand times 
we just happen to be in an industry where we're working on the most complex. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. ...consumer product that man has ever created. Right. And we just happen to manage the most complicated machine that God has ever created. You put those two together, I don't see us losing work anytime soon. This no, no. is a complicated business model... And the only thing missing now is a, a more sophisticated shop owner that has connections that is able to reach out to brethren, brethren and sisterin right. to be able to make this thing really the dream that we, you know, that Bob Greenwood is somebody that I really enjoyed uh, listening to over the years. Oh, I know, man. Making this, Super going guys. from a, God yeah. bless us, you know, and, 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 and I want to be part of the industry that's going to make that, that realization that, that they be the, part of the change. The, the right? Seventy to eighty percent that understands what we're worth. Absolutely, and and you know that's something that we talk about a lot is understanding what we're worth, right? And I, that's a big deal for me because, you know, we are working on very complex systems, right? More so than we ever have before, but we're not seen as that same level of, of professional as many other professions are. Why is that? I mean, what 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 do you see? Hold on, the hold on, hold on. Look at that guy behind you. He looks like Dutch. <laughs> it's Dutch's doppelganger. Yeah, but Dutch yeah. doesn't have a... Uh, and, uh, and actually, Dutch said hi to Bill and Tom. We're not good enough to Isn't get it? Hello. Yeah. Hey, Dutch. How you doing today? But, David, you want to go over there and tell them to turn that down a little bit? It's kind of fun. interfering here. No, it, listen, here's the thing is... It actually adds air to button. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the... Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Look at the guy. Look at his profile. Oh, this guy right here in the blue yes, suit. The oh, blue yeah, I'm, suit. I'm thinking about this guy. No, no, they, they, it absolutely is. Look oh my that. god! Thank you. I'm taking Thank a you. I'm the taking a picture on this of this. Guy. I'm taking oh a picture of this. Oh my god! He's got the glasses, the hair, everything. Oh, does he, ha hey, does, he like have a, does he have a does he have a comb with less tongs in it? <laughs> No, no, don't pick on Dutch. I'm not. He's there. the one who came up with that. Not me. Actually, taking a picture of this. <laughs> you know, it'd be pretty cool I'm if, if you, you guys could go wireless. Turn around, look. I saw it. Just, uh, David, you can go over there and grab a hold of him. 
Hey, do you want to go ask him if he can be on the podcast with us for a few minutes? You know, we've got a friend looks just like you. The side profile doesn't as much, but as soon as you kind of turns around, his <laughs> this guy's gonna come over and beat the hell out like, of me. Yeah. What are you doing? Taking <laughs> pictures of me. <laughs> Um, uh, full circuit diagnostic says, Ooh, squirrel. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. Thank you. Thank you. It really Sam. does. Are you going to, are you, I can't post it on here. You're no, going to, no, no, I'll, I'll send it. They'll send it to me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Wow. Um, yes, yes. I'm yeah. well, Tom yes. and great. Where were you we? and Bill are on the podcast. I always appreciate your point of view. Even if we occasionally disagree, uh, don't read the comments. I know I had to just because, you know, I'm, I'm reading it, and it's coming out, okay? You're going to have to just get over it. <laughs> um, so, in all seriousness... Let's talk about that Facebook post. Because we could use their perspectives. I didn't even read it. You're useless. Read it. You're absolutely useless. Hey, I'm, I'm friends with you. I've been around you long enough now. It's starting to wear off. So, this shop owner posted uh, about his struggles keeping staff on as soon as he hires them. It's almost a, it, he almost played it off like a joke. It's like everybody's taking bets how long this person's going to last. Yeah. And we had a we had a mutual acquaintance that used to do that mm-hmm. as well. I am going to hire so and so. Let's start taking bets how long they last. And the he got some good feedback, but it was almost the guy had made a mistake and and ruined an engine and his complaint was this person came in with with a couple years experience, and had graduated from uh, had graduated from tech school. This person should be self sufficient, fairly self sufficient, and it was Mario Rojas who I think gave the absolute like spot on answer. I, why, I just want to why should your... he be self sufficient? A couple years, you know, training school, and he's self sufficient. Two years at a dealer, and. Trade, trade school. So he graduated. And I, who was it? Was it Eric at, uh, who told us? Maybe it's Sean Tepper. Who told us that the only thing we're teaching them, like the only expectation you yeah. should have of them when they get out of tech school is they're not going to kill themselves. Yeah, that or was Eric. But I mean, anybody uh, else. Sean said the same thing too. I mean, three to five years minimum in a shop just to get base proficiency, right? I think it depends on the person. I think yeah. it depends on the person. Yeah, I but agree. Mario essentially lined up and said, "If you're not, if you, it doesn't matter how much experience they have. If you're not bringing them on board and showing them exactly how you expect them to do A, B, and C, don't get upset because they screwed something up. You didn't outline the procedures. You didn't go through. And the assumption is, I think this this is ninety nine percent of shop owners. They get." They hire somebody. The person says, I've got five years experience, 10 years experience, which are entirely arbitrary numbers, by the way. It's idiotic, I think. We can talk about that later. But they're, they're coming in with, with however much experience they have. And, the, and it, it, everything past that is assumption. I assume they should be able to do X. I assume they should be able to do Y. I was able to do X and Y. After two years, why can't this person do X and Y after right. two years? And he essentially laid out as that you didn't show him how to do that. You didn't tell him what you expect him to do on this particular repair. How you, what do you do with your bolts? Do you use mag trace, use bags? What do you do? How do you, you know, do you cover the intake ports to make sure nothing falls in there? Do you use tape? Do you use rags? How do you do it? 
at this shop. It didn't get outlined. And so the guy starts making mistakes and he's talking about firing the guy. Well, he set him setting him up for failure, no? What do you think? I I think you're definitely setting him up for failure. What did you, you do know? at your shop? So how often do you even have to hire someone? Well, you know, that's going through my mind when we're talking about this. I tend to shy away from the younger crowd because of that ramp up time and everything. You know, it's it's something that I think has been missing from our shop for a long time. We've brought in technicians who are experienced. They have had uh, their share of, you know, knowledge. So we can bring them in and kind of pull them away from what they're used to and get them used to what we do in our in our shop. And, you know, maybe there's just a few things we change and tweak on and get into place. But we certainly, even with uh, bringing in a new and experienced tech, I'm not bringing them in and cutting them loose and saying they should be self-sufficient. They need to know and understand what we're doing and how we do things. You know, it's a totally different process. You know, last, my, our last tech that we brought in, uh, well, our, our most recent one, he was a previous employee. So uh, he came in. It was real easy to ramp him up. But um, the one before him, he was he spent 30 years at the dealership. And, you know, that was a total, not a total retrain, but, you know, a total different thought process. Oh, yeah. For, you know, from different what philosophy he did entirely. and what we're doing. Yeah. And he came to us before because of that, because of what we do and how we do it. And, uh, he wanted to get away from that dealership perspective, but for the younger tech, I, you know, there has to be some type of apprenticeship program like Lucas has done and, uh, what they've done with, uh, in North Carolina with, was it AST, right? Uh, IGONC, so, IGONC yeah, which is okay. AST. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you think so, some of it was the fact that he's young? He's therefore likely cheap. I don't think this guy's underpaying his tech. I, I don't think so. I hope not. That could definitely be a, a point of view for it, some people to just try to get the cheapest labor in a door. And, you know, it, obviously, in my opinion, it's wrong. But It, it could be. But I, I think more of it is, is like when you see somebody who continually goes through this, right? Like not just one time, not just two times, three and four times. At some point, you got to start looking at it and saying hey maybe i've got something they never to do, do. It's, it's always this generation doesn't want to work or yeah. you know society today or you know these kids it's always something like that it's always external i, I think I, and i agree with you i think that is you know and i'm hoping they hear that and, and anybody listening hears and says man you know i've been through 15 interviews i've been through five or six employees and the problems always come up Maybe I've got a hand in this. Maybe I need to do something different. Maybe and and or I maybe I think that I think in in a lot of ways it can even come down to having a lazy culture. And what I mean by that is is look, if you hire an apprentice, you're going to have failures. You're going to have mistakes. Things are going to get messed up. Right? That we have to pay to fix. Right? Things that cost money. This is an expense. Having an apprentice is an expense. Training someone is an expense. But I don't think he hired this guy with the assumption that he was going to be an apprentice. I think he looked at it and said, two years experience at a dealership, which is like, who knows what that means? Because they will stick somebody in the yeah. loot rack for two years. For like, two no, plus absolutely. years. Absolutely. So who knows what two years at a dealership looks like? And then tech school, you can throw that out. The guy can rack a car. Congratulations. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I've, I've got a, a buddy who hired some young folks like that, and, and he was intense with them, right? He was extremely intense. And they don't do What does do intense well. mean? 
I mean intense, like over their shoulder. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? You shouldn't do this. You should do that. Why'd you do this? You should have done this. Okay. Right? Nonstop. And it made them make mistakes. Sure. You, you have to create an environment where it's okay to make mistakes. You have to create an environment where it's okay to ask questions. Right? I'm too busy for this. I don't have time for this. Right? We, we worry about the tech shortage, but we're not doing the hard work that it takes to fix it. We want everybody else to do the hard work. Nobody's coming to the table and saying, I'll take care of this. Right? Let, let's just do it. Right? They all want the easy way, which is hire somebody that's got experience. Right? Those people are not out there anymore. Right? They, well, yeah. you, have to, you, have, you most likely have to steal them from somebody yeah. else. But Don't we mean when we say, you know, I want somebody who's, you know, sort of knows what they're doing? How do we know that that's, even if it's the right way, how do we know that that's the way? What if we're doing things the wrong way? What yeah. if you got a tech that is miles or years ahead of us mm-hmm. in process, right? In procedure, in, in their expectation on what we should be charging. What if yeah. we're behind and we're holding them back because we don't know what the hell we're doing, right? And so I guess it, it goes back, my personal experience is that I I, I think it's worth bragging over the fact that I, I had alcoholics, drug addicts for a, a big chunk of my 30 years. Mm-hmm. And 13, 14 years ago, a young man comes in the door that had been bouncing around. And I decided to build my shop around him because what he reminded me of, what I, what I was celebrating in him is what I celebrate in me. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Right. That's the most important thing in my life. Yes. And and we're we're providers and protectors. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And so I hire on the basis of the kind of person that I want working with me because they will understand what it's like to put in a 15-hour workday on some days if we have right. to do that, right? What it's like to give somebody grace. What it's like to not fire somebody yeah. for dropping a car off a hoist and not saying a word about it because they already know what yeah. it's like. Because of the of the ten or fifteen times that I should have fired that tech, they should have fired me twenty of those times. Yeah, I deserved I've deserved to get fired. I can't even tell you how many times. Absolutely, I've, I've shortchanged my guys on so many occasions because I didn't realize so how valuable we are, and I yeah. and so they raise us, we raise them. Absolutely, and to the extent that we show up in in places like this and talk to other shop owners and broadcast this message out to the rest of the the industry for the love of God, forgive yourself for not being perfect. And and if you're going to do that for yourself, the least you could do is do that for the people that are in your car. Everybody forgives themselves most of the time. Well, not everybody. I was in 98%. So to me, experience is, is overrated. It depends on the experience that you're coming with. If you came in, expecting things like I years ago I hired a guy that had his own business out in western Michigan and this guy comes in and um, talks about how he's in you know he knows everything and he's he's a legitimately great tech this guy almost destroyed my business in the span of a month or two because really? he had his own idea of how things were done like one of the one of the things was is uh, uh we don't get a four-day weekend for uh it was might have been fourth of July weekend right I said well no I said we this is falling on a I don't know Wednesday whatever it was, and we're coming back. We're going to work Thursday and Friday, and back then we were open six days a week, whatever. He goes, well, you know, and, and so you'd hear this over and over again. Well, back at my shop, I did it this way. And one day I finally just snapped at him. I'm like, you're talking about the shop that you no longer own, right? The one that went out of business? Right. That's the one, right? That's <laughs> yep. the one. And that he didn't want to hear that. Right. You know, and that was a lesson for me, not to probably not to hire a former owner. Yeah. 
Uh, we've heard a, that before. Yeah, we've heard that lots of times. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that. Uh, and and you know, so uh, you know this, but but our good friends Candace and Jesse, they bought a shop. And the owner continued to work in the shop. Oh man! For a number of, I guess it was what two or three years. Yeah, maybe one going on three years, I believe. Yeah, and and Good like luck making changes there. Well, and so they've now he's gone, and it's turned into an ordeal. And and the things that they were supposed to own now he has this idea that he owns it, and and you know this whole different concept of what the agreement was and everything else. Oh, wow! And, and so it it you know it really changes. It changes the the dynamic of the shop. Never gave them the opportunity to really grow and learn, and, and they're doing great now. But I mean, it's just something to think about, especially when you've got a, a somebody that, that's owned a shop has their own idea of how it should work. Man, it's tough to change that that mindset. It so really you is. you hire somebody, and for me, like I have no problem getting applications. I have no problem with with the quantity of interviews. The, the biggest thing that scares me is their, their quality threshold. What, because everybody has something internalized. What do I accept and what, I, what don't I accept? Every technician's different. Some of them are like sticklers about some things that maybe I'm like, look, I don't care. And so sometimes that's a, that's a clashing point where, but most of the time, you want the bar way higher than where they are, and you hire them in, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No impact on that torque, torque wrench every single time. Well, I never, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you, you watched me go through that, right? You watched me with that one tech go through that over and over and over again because he, he wanted to do it his way. He was older than I was, and he knew everything, and he wasn't going to listen to the young kid on the block. He wasn't interested in that. That's another problem too. At least it was like almost ten years ago when I when I opened the shop up. It's less. Than, I mean, everybody looks at me and they're like, "Oh, you must be fifty plus <laughs> sixty-four. That's sixty-four. It. I look fantastic for sixty-four. Thank yeah. you very much. All right. Um, that's not so, so much our problem, but you've got the baby face, so I can imagine poor Eric, who's all pushing sixty, listens to you. <laughs> He's a good guy. He, he, he is I mean, a he good really guy. He's a good guy. He's good hearted. He's good people. Um, so a comment mentions that there are very few classes that teach us how to interview and what to look for and what to No, ask. there's interviewing classes out there. They it, don't look for it. Scarce compared to technical classes in an event like this is what the comment was. And so that that's probably true, right? There's a lot of That's not that's not the issue. There's there are fantastic and I mean fantastic, hiring and interview classes available. They just don't ever invite David to teach at these events. I, you know, I forget to submit the stupid classes. That's what Sherry told me. I'm like, hey, when is the class like deadline? She's like, two months ago. I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> Last minute Dave. I'm the same way. I'm, even when, I'm the same way as you are. I'll sign up for some of them when I can remember. But when I do sign up, I'll invariably, and this will come as a big shock to you guys, I'm in a hallway talking with a couple yeah. of shop owners. We talk in yep. shop, and we're talking about life, right? Yeah. And we're class Man, is gone. Look, I, to me, that's the biggest deal, right? That's what I love about these events is is understanding. You know, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago when we were at AASP Tools. We went up, and we were just sitting in Tom's office. And it was me and Tom and one of our friends, and we were talking about, you know, the leadership thing. 
and and we're we're having this conversation, and we both see him get this look on his face, and he said, "I'll be right back." And he walks out, and he comes back in. And he says, "I had to ask who was in charge in my shop when I wasn't there because I don't know." You know what I mean? And You've like, got family working inside your shop, though. Yeah. It's almost like the names on the building. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. my name's not on my for several reasons. So. That's done with auto care. I'm done yeah. with it. That's one of the the paradigm shifts that we've seen in the last probably three to five years, and that is that the, the, the social media, for all of their the, the garbage and the nonsense that you see out there, the content that is put out for us specifically to industry, and if I've, I'm sure as you gentlemen have done the same, I warn vendors all the time, ones that are not listening to people like me yeah. or people like you, I say to them all the time, there are back channels that yeah. you're not privy to. You don't understand these conversations that they're taking place. You yeah, need right. to get a handle on this. Yes. You're not doing what you've said. You got hooked doing. up with Dorman, didn't you? Or, uh, uh, yeah. You had yeah. Dorman a bunch of times out uh, of your and, shop. And I just, I just appreciate. And this is remember there was a whole backstory about you know guys that were just trashing. You know, it's like that's great. So a company that spends oodles amount of money. To support our industry doesn't get to hear you say, this is what I want you to do for me. I want you to improve this. I want you to improve. Right. Don't go visit them, right? Don't don't listen to their commitment to, to our industry. Just continue to trash people and just say you're not doing And, well, and that's what they do with the employees. You're not good enough. You're fired. The, 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 you're fired. That's, that's a good segue. I will say, though, like I, I like the dynamic we have now. We can still talk crap, but Lester gets on there. He will defend the company. Yeah. <laughs> and that end turns into a good back and forth. And he's willing to listen, I will say. And they which will, is and, a and huge he's, deal. Now, Lester will put money where his mouth is. Yes. Lester yeah, he'll will come back, up and yeah, he'll say, he'll, look, man, try this. Just just trust me. Try, I'll give you a warranty. Me. I'll give you this or that. Yeah. And, and which I, I do appreciate. He, he's, they're at least trying. You know, they're at least trying. But back to what we were saying, I don't think it's a hiring issue at all. Because... This shop owner didn't have any trouble finding somebody. They got somebody in the door. It was entirely an onboarding in shop culture problem. 100%. It was entirely, I don't, I'm not managing my business. I'm not managing this person. I don't, I don't have anything in place. And he may have internalized set standards. Like he doesn't do things A, B, and C, but it made, and he then assumed it of, he, I can he, tell you right now, he is likely assuming it of everybody that comes in that has quote unquote experience. He's assuming that they have those standards. He's not communicating it. And the minute they don't meet those standards, I got to let them go. Well, it's time to let them go. You know, and, and I've said this before, especially when it came to service advisors, right? Like I, I have got a way that I like to talk to my clients. I've got a way that I like to handle client situations. I was the same way when I was a tech, right? But I had more experience in the customer service aspect than I did in the tech role in a lot of ways, right? So I was I was actually more comfortable turning over the tech role than I was the, the customer service side of the business. And, and when we started doing that, it just literally took Rick saying to me, you are being an asshole. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you are effing forgiving yourself for the things that they're doing, but you're not willing to forgive them for it. That's not right. Right, you're over here and you don't see what you're doing as a problem because I'm the boss and I'm making a decision on the fly. But they're over here following your lead, doing what you show them to do, and you won't forgive them for that. That's not right. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Grace, Grace is an amazing job saver when a tech is looking at that ad and counting all the ways. You ever seen that, that in attack? What's uh, in an ad? No. I said attack. No, yeah, why, you know what? Why? Why is? Well, that's a great point. Why? Why isn't there an ad that says we extend if, grace? If you, well, no, if you're if you're a tech that's looking for a job, and you've worked for for rigid organizations, uh, we have standards, we have procedures that we expect to be followed. However, rest assured, you will not be fired for things that are that that human beings, normal human beings, do. Yeah. And and to the extent that you want to work here. We hope that you'll extend the same grace for the because, because we're all we're that all that is a beautiful everybody just, everybody here is growing yeah. and we are looking for people that are as imperfect as we are right because we're a family be part of a family yeah when we go back to David you were talking about uh, this other shop where they were managing the person and I think if we take a step back and look we don't want to manage a person we want to manage the process and yeah. what they're doing. And the person comes along for the ride. Does that make yeah. sense? It, it makes sense. So, and I, sure. The I guess the issue is you, you have to make sure that the person is the right person to begin with. So the hiring process becomes even more critical. Because the, the process, yeah, you're absolutely right. But I guess it depends. It depends. Yeah, like, I mean, well, the person needs to be able to learn and grow with what you're looking to do. There you go. And there's a process to get them down that line. You, you know, you have to hire for their personality, yeah. what they're willing to do, yeah. and then guide them down that process that you have, rather than just uh, you know on top of you know you got to do this, you got to do that. What's What's amazing to me is that in this post, this person says. The, the the technician had made a bunch of mistakes, and he probably knew he was in the hot seat. And he turns and he goes, man, uh, looks like I've got a lot to learn. What a fantastic attitude. Right. How, how quickly does the, a person's attitude change when they make a mistake? Yeah. They're mad at themselves. You're mad at them, too. <laughs> and, and you've got a boss that comes along and says... Would you mind sharing the fact that you're you've learned something from this situation, and please explain to them why we don't leave something on the ground like that that somebody can roll their ankles over here? Because now you're out for the next three or four days. Would you please share that? Because they don't listen to me, but they will listen to the. To if you've the got shop, more than this shop. was a this is a small yeah. shop, but if you've got more than one person, yeah, well, absolutely. Well, you know that that class that I had to teach yesterday. One of the big themes in that class was. Focus on outcomes. Don't focus on task, right? And so much of what we do as owners is we really do focus on a task at hand, right? And I get that we need processes and policies and procedures. That's really important. But are we training our staff to focus on the desired outcome, a safe and reliable vehicle for our client, right? And, and, and so shops, for instance... I, you I give them a little bit more leeway on... And that's where I, I kind of paused with what you were saying. It's almost like I don't want to dictate every aspect of the repair because I'm not that. That's just this is a personality thing. We just had Seth on here early this morning and he said, did we ask him on there? I don't remember. And okay. anyway, he, he showed up here. This thing said nine o'clock behind Lucas. We were supposed to be here at nine o'clock. Now, I'm never on time to anything ever, ever. I'm just not. It's just I'm usually on time. 
until I'm until with until he's hanging with me. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's got to wait on me. So I'm never on time for anything. I got, a, I got a wife like that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the notes on that class said, like on the first screen, is it says my wife's in the back of the room, and Eric Bach and David Roman and Tom Shearer sitting in the back of the room. I'm like, well, which one is it today? I don't understand why this guy looks so much like Dutch? I don't Squirrel? understand. I am the wife. Dutch is, you know what? It's Dutch's twin brother, and he sent them over here just to screw with us. That's yeah, what it is. That's Dutch, exactly. We see you working. Yeah. Brilliant. He really looks well old. played. He looks brother. older. Well played. He looks older than Dutch. If you look at him straight on, he looks a little bit older than Dutch. I didn't know I mean, he could get older than Dutch. What's that? Oh, wow. I thought he, like wow. he acts and talks old, but wow. he, I mean he's got a youngish face. He does. This youngest face and a young, face youngish, that, youngish. You guys are going to pay for this and a one way or another. and, and a monthly subscription to Depends. I mean, how much yeah. better? Have him it? walk. Have him walk you through his shop, Dutch. If I could get through here, I would walk out right now. You know, but David's blocking my <laughs> the aisleway. So, no, no. well, you know, well, hold, hold up. You bring right? up. No, you guys I, disappear. No, I feel, I you bring bad. up a really I, good. I don't want to dictate every single aspect of the process. I just want to get. I want to give him guardrails, like. There's certain aspects that I'm not going to, like, I. it's a big deal that you k- give a crap about the repair process. It's a big deal that you take pride in your work. All of that is is important. That's more important than, like, exactly how you tighten that down. A lot of it is adjustments. Mm-hmm. For sure. So it's, hey, don't do that ever again like that. We got to follow this procedure like this because it's a big deal because yeah, you, you get away with a lot the, of stuff. You, you don't know the procedure away. until a mistake's made, right? Until you need to implement a policy or procedure. Yeah, there's why, no way to know. Why not anecdotal evidence? So, so the reason, you know, Tom, that we we do this, the reason that we change the oil first, you know, and then bring the car back up, and then do the tire rotation separately, is because in our experience, it's happened a couple of times where they drain the oil, then they change the the, the they rotate the tires start the car up and pull it out and blow the engine up. And so that's why there are two separate jobs there, right? We teach that. Uh, but otherwise, you've got a situation where you say to the guy, look, this is what's got to happen. He's, you know, it's got a tire rotation and oil change. You let them go their own way. And if they haven't already done this themselves, they're going to do it to themselves and to yeah. you at that point in time. So yeah. there's a real real danger to, to letting somebody go without maybe some... I agree with you. You do want an outcome. You do want to say, like, I've got a, one of the things that we need to do a better job at, at work. I've got a young man who's our, our general service guy. We're working him into that. He just got his first ASC uh, uh, in breaks, and uh, and we're very proud of him. But I've got to learn to give him that's the whole t- – like, here's 12 things that we want to accomplish over the next couple of days. Right. Get those done however way you want to get them done. I'll leave you alone. I want to ask you another thing yeah. about this. Yeah. And I think if I leave him alone, he does because it's often that happens is if I ask him about it, he feels like I'm somehow, you know, minimum. And, and it's it's very, very easy for him to go there. Right. It's very easy for him to feel like he's somehow failing, yeah. failing us. Like yeah. we had a couple of slow days and he's like depressed. I'm like, what's going on? He says, well, it's slow, but obviously it's my fault. And I look at him, I'm thinking he's joking. <laughs> right. For real. We had to sit down and have a, have a half hour conversation. Like, really, dude? Right. Like, hello, this is this is for me. I've got to get you. My job is to get you cars. Your job is to get the cars done. Right. Don't you ever, ever internalize something that is so far removed from you. It's in another in another galaxy. 
Right. Well, yeah, but, I mean, maybe maybe that comes back to setting proper roles or, or learning, right, as a whole, as yeah. a team, right? Sitting in a class, you know, we cross-train in our shop, right? So our advisors do some technical training, and our, our technical staff does some management and sales training sometimes. And they'll sit through, and they'll, they'll see these classes where it's talking about, you know, the advisor roles really, this is what you can control. This is within your realm. And the owner, this is what you control. And then the technician, this is your part in the business. If we're not talking about that and setting that standard, that expectation, the, man. You know, to go back to that example, like the, the GS position. Now, somebody who would be firing a young man like this would say, well, his parents didn't raise him with a work ethic. You know, you'd think he'd pick up a broom or start cleaning the windows or whatever. Does he know that that's something right. that, that that is in with, like... Pick up a broom and just do this on your own. Doesn't even know that's he, the desired outcome. Does he know that, that you yeah. care about a clean shop and clean windows, and that there are little things that that are important that if that if he took initiative, that he wouldn't get in trouble for? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because you, you're exactly right. He may not even realize. He may be thinking, "I'm going to get in trouble for that." Right. I mean, it it is a different world. Right. Uh, things have changed. I, I, I think that they're, you know, I, I, I talked to an older gentleman. Um, as a matter of fact, you brought him up the other day. You were talking about, you know, he was the uh, he was the fighter pilot. Oh, yeah. And, and, man, this guy's got crazy stories. His name's Merle. He, he's a parts delivery driver um, and, you know, was in the military for years and then went and flew for a commercial airline. And then he went and drove dump trucks and he just like crazy stories, you know. And and it's to the point the stories are so outlandish that you think they might not be true yeah. until he comes in with a newspaper article and he's wow. like, here you go. And he brings in the stars and the, the, the accolades, you know, and it, it's just such a neat story. And, um, and, you know, you look back at those people and you think, gosh, look at it, at the structure that they had, look at the mentality that they brought to the table. And, and I was talking to Merle and Merle said, Lucas, he said, this is nothing new. This has been happening for years. There's always been a shortage of help somewhere. There's always been something going on. I've seen it over and over and over again. And if it's not in the automotive field, it was pilots. And if it wasn't pilots, it was this. He's like, there's always going to be some type of shortage. It's what we do with it that makes the difference. Right? Now, I get that we've got ourselves in a precarious situation tech-wise. Right? Now, I think part of that is is that we got some bad shops out there. And the other part of that is we got some bad techs out there. And I hate to say it. I'm going to say it. I mean, some of them probably need to just close. And some of them just need to get out of the industry and go. But... David's thinking it's got me nervous. It's I don't I don't know how much of a it's well, I mean we're doing it to ourselves but rather than like oh we need to get more bodies in the industry because that's all that seems to be everybody's focus right we need to attract new talent. I need think we need to be more effective. Yeah. What's what's that? We need to retain as well. We need to retain so people it's running so, from this industry. And and it's almost entirely because of bad management. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Uva, Uva from Autovitals years ago. I was on a podcast with Carm, and he said something. He says, "You know, we're all anarchists by by design. You know, we're all shop owners that you know we worked for somebody and then we quit because we wanted to do it our own way. But yeah. we haven't figured out is I want to do it my own way. But we have industry standards, and I'll just give you this quick example. So when we were doing our remodel a couple of years ago, I uh, my plumber, uh, I, 
he wanted uh, some insulation for the piping above the drop ceiling. And one-inch piping. Home Depot didn't have it. So he says, go to the plumbing supply place that I go to, and uh, and you can just buy it there. So I walk in there, got my uniform on. The guy looks at me says, yeah, what do you want? I'm like, good morning to you as well. How are you doing? He goes, what do you want? I said, I need to get some of this one-inch pipe insulation. And he goes, who's your plumber? I'm like, dude, calm down. What do you mean? I'm, I'm buying, you know, uh, uh, pool fighting equipment. I mean, you know, this is like in a swimming right. pool. What were they called? Noodles, yeah. right? It's a freaking noodle. He goes, you don't understand. He said, we don't deal with regular yeah. folks. We don't deal with non-professionals. And I look at him like, son of a, you know what? I thought, I can't get my parts supplier to not sell yeah. a water pump to a, an unlicensed repair facility, which they have to be, yeah. with an, a technician, a technician, a, a 17-year-old kid that's going to put this part on, slap it on. And I can't get the supplier to not sell just to not to not think in short term ways, and yet I can't go buy a, a forty five cents worth of of styrofoam, yeah, from a from a supplier. Isn't that crazy? And 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 there's the contrast there. I'm obviously anybody who knows me, I know I'm the last thing from from uh, from regulations. The last thing we need is is the government. But what if this was an industry? What if this was an industry standard? Yeah. That says we're going to get together. Let's say a place like Apex, you know, where would we find suppliers <laughs> that we'd get together, sit them right. all down and say, if you can just trust us as an industry, right? Stop calling us installers yep. and start, let's start doing business together, right? Yeah. You stop selling to unlicensed repair facilities. Stop encouraging technicians to just walk away from their current employer, uh, to go seek their what their own world, you know, it's becoming more and more difficult than it ever was, and yeah. so stop encouraging this stuff, and and allow the, sh- the 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 shops that are going to stay in business to be able to increase their margin, so thereby they can pay you the extra five points on your part. So exactly, 10, whatever the hell that exactly is. because whatever a professional is. shop doesn't really care, right? If and, they if they run a, a good business, they don't care and, about. Don't. And and so the knock on that is you're not going to get the parts distributors. To not sell a part because it's another box that's being moved. Okay, well, and so here we are. Well, and and and, and, our, and, and service professionals are it's the same. We work this. We, we we do the same thing. You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna deal with this guy. Yeah, you know what? He says he wants to bring in his own parts. It's kind of slow this week, so I'm gonna go ahead and put this parts on. And lo and behold, we got our next one star review. Exactly. And then we exactly. wonder like, what put am I ever going to chopping block? Yeah. Put your neck on the chopping yeah. block. That, that's the equivalent of that. And and just like the code reading, right? We all know they shouldn't be reading codes, right? AutoZone, you're the only one left that does it, aren't they? AutoZone. No. I think O'Reilly They all, they all do it. Yeah. Advance really? does it. O'Reilly does it. I just can't believe they – I mean, we know they shouldn't be doing that. They know they shouldn't be doing that, yet they still do it. And, you know, we've had that conversation, right? Because we had Chris Chesney. We talked about the warranty thing. Like, look. A better warranty for a a, a, a consumer or a, a a shop that's better trained and and credentialed in one way or another, and then uh, Dirk brought up a killer conversation. We talked about insurance, and he said overseas, man, if you get into a situation, you're working on a car and you're electrocuted, you know, you're working on an EV, and you go in and they say. Wait a minute. Where's your credentials? You were you were electrocuted working on an EV. Where's your credentials? Oh, I don't have any. Oh, guess who's in trouble now? Shop owners out of business, right? I mean, they get shut down. That's it. And so, I, I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't think regulation is what we need. And and 
here we had this conversation this morning. It's just like Nastiff, right? Everybody bucked Nastiff, and they're like, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe this is horrible. I can't believe they're doing this. That's the professionalism. That is us regulating ourselves. That is a board of automotive professionals who stand in and say, no, you can't just work on this if you just want to work on it. That's not how this works. And then the industry fights back. I mean, we got to, I think it comes down to education because they don't know, right? They don't even know what NASTIF is. So they, but I mean, there's so many aspects of this. There's a lot to fix. Yeah, we want it, but we don't want it. Yeah, exactly. It's like ASC. How many shop, how many times have you saw on ASOG where somebody says, well, you know, ASCs don't mean, it doesn't mean that they can fix cars. So you don't want a board. You don't want a, a scoreboard on your wall what that you can point to when a customer says, well, what makes you guys so special? Right. Let me show you. Let me show you. Well, what is this stuff? What does this mean? Well, so if you could hire a a, a certified public accountant versus a and a regular accountant, would you? If they if they both cost the same, right. would you? Which one would you hire? Well, I would hire the CPA. Why is that? Because a CPA has to do more, right? Right. Same thing here. Credentials. Exactly. Credentialization. And, and look, when you go and you put those things on the wall, it's not just about having the certification and saying that I know what I'm doing, right? And, and was it Matt that mentioned logo. Yeah. That, that said, hey, it's a baseline proficiency. It's, yeah. It doesn't baseline mean. Baseline proficiency, yeah. And so, you know, I get that. But in the same respect, it means that we've got commitment to our trade. It means that this is a career for us. This isn't a job for us. It means that I'm not just the guy out here changing parts. It means that I'm trying to pursue this. Right, and everybody says, "Well, you know, I've let mine expire. I'm a shop owner. It's not." I let mine expire. Yeah, I mean, I, I get there's a, <laughs> there's there's definitely you know situations where you don't need them, but in the same respect, I think it shows that you're committed to go back out. Yeah. yeah. So my my mechanical ones, I had six of them that I've let expire, not because I haven't had time or wanted to. Part of me feels like I'm not qualified to call myself a tech anymore. I've never been a full time tech. Who am I to pretend that I'm a technician? Now, in few instances, I've I've been called in as a witness, an expert witness in court, and you definitely want to have credentials. Yeah. So I would, on that basis, I will. But as far as the service writing, the one, the customer service one, why not? Why should the front of the house not have some certification? Yeah. Why, why shouldn't Why shouldn't we attach ourselves to to some standard, some shape, or you know, some yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at AMI, and I'm, I'm thinking I, I want to get Eric a, a foreman, right? I want to get my guys some type of credential through AMI to, to show that, hey, we're working towards that. I'm going to, you know, we've got a mandate that says you've got to do 100 hours a year of training. We definitely do over 100 hours a year. But I want to add something to it that says we need to be making sure you have your credentials, right? And so all of them want to work towards that. Right now we're so busy in the new shop, the whole nine yards, it's tough to do it. But... You know, I think it's definitely something that if you're committed to your career, you're willing to take that time and study and you're willing to go take the test. I don't care. I'll pay for it. It's not that big of a deal. I think it just says something about you as a whole. You know what? You can go ahead. You being a technician, it's good for you because you need to stay up on that. For me as a shop owner, I'll just stay in Florida and then and then because I don't need it anymore. You know, it's like nothing much changes in my industry as a business owner. God knows, you know, it's not like shop management system change or marketing changes or anything like that. But for you, you know, for you guys out in the, in the shop area, you really need to go to this thing. That's it. You need to know how important it is for you to go, even though I don't do it. Well, but I mean, look how many, I mean, how many folks just want the boat, right? That's David's big mantra. So many owners just want the boat. They don't care about any of this. 
right? They don't care about the training. They don't care about whose feelings they hurt. They don't care about what, did they do the right thing. They just want the boat. They just want the money in the pocket. It doesn't matter to them who they impact. They just want the boat. And, I, you know, I've talked to some. We, I have a friend that, that we were talking to. He was talking about, look, I want to build a, a brand and I want to sell the brand. I want to grow. It's not automotive, but you know, I want to grow the brand in a big way. I want to have multiple locations, and I want to sell those multiple locations for lots of money. And he's built a relationship with all of his employees, all of this staff. I'm like, dude, like, how do you think that would feel to them? And he's like, look, man, I'm I'm looking out for me. Yeah. He's got his golden parachute, and and God bless him for that. Yeah, I just can't do it. I mean, I it's just not who I am. You know, I I spend more of my waking hours with my work family. I mean, I still put in 50 hours a week because. Yeah. At 56, I still enjoy – I mean, I still enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. I, I love – I love what I do for a living. And what's interesting about that is is the men that I work with have – whether 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 I think I'm influencing them or not, are, are – well, two of my guys have uh, – uh, you know, they're married and, and they've got kids. And um, they're, they're, they're doing things the way – the way they know that their boss is done. Live within right. your means. Okay, don't overextend yourself. Don't don't be somebody that doesn't that can't recover from right. the next you know recession. Don't live out. Don't, you know, live the live the right way. Right. You know, put in a, a solid day's work and um, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to to ask for help. Don't be afraid. And that's that's really what I'm I'm most proud of. I think that's that was that's probably the, the biggest staying power to this and that is that i've got guys that understand how open that door is um it's, it's the managing people grateful. part is is not is not bad i mean it gets a little frustrating i had some folks get sick and, and they've been out of the in and out of the shop and stuff like that that kind of stuff i can deal with that the cars are absolute junk they are <laughs> so frustrating <laughs> are you are you when you're referring to that is that the the pain point for you yeah, I, I hate. So, so for me, I I, ra- I re- this is how I rationalize my way around this because that is it's. I mean, it can be a pain point, you know. People that don't have money, that don't have this. It's not even but, that. But, it's like you know, like well, some of it is that you know, you fix. Uh, you we had a we had an F two fifty come in, intake manifold leak, very common problem, whatever, right? And there was a little bit of miscommunication between the technician and the service advisor. The service advisor wrote it up like intake manifold gaskets, not the full blown intake. The price more than doubles. So you have to call the customer back and say, hey, I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood. It's the whole intake manifold. Plus, we got a thermostat. It's whole thing. $1,800, something like that. And the guy, it's a nice truck. It's an older truck, but it's a nice truck. The guy says, yeah, go ahead and do it. Uh, he leaves. We had test driven this thing 15 miles. We re-ran coats. We didn't check oil level, coolant level, torque the wheels. We did the whole thing, the whole dog and pony show. 15 miles on the interstate, very driving. Guy calls back probably 15 minutes later. Hey, this thing won't make it up a hill. Check engine lights on. What are you? And and the stuff like that eats me up. That stuff eats me up. I can't. So now, and and this was Friday. I'm coming here, so I don't know what's going to happen. And that just goes through my head all weekend long. What's wrong so, with that truck? So What's wrong with that ask, truck? What's so wrong with that truck? What do you think is going on? 
Like I don't freak, flipping know. Okay, no, but, I, but you do know. Well, I, I found out what was happening. What's yep. that? Uh, just and, you know, and, top blue. Here he goes. So, no, I'm just I'm, you, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is unavoid, unavoidable. We yes. did our due diligence to make sure that this repair was right. Yeah. My guy had done it a thousand times. He he did a good job, good quality job. What happened? And I figured one of the coils crapped out because it's a fort, right? And that's what they do. And and I'm like, well, maybe the coil crapped out or whatever. It's not what it was. By the way, it ended up being an injector connector had rattled yeah. loose. And he's like, he's like, maybe he left it unplugged. And I was like, no, he didn't. It would have thrown a code immediately. It would have thrown immediately. Would have thrown. He would have felt it on the 15 mile test yeah. drive. It. The frustrating part is that stuff's unavoidable, and it eats me up. Yes. And that that's all right. Just I cannot, I cannot procedure my way out of that. You can't. You can't. You've accepted it. Yeah. You you're can't. you're very wusa about well, it. You're you you're you, you're zen about well, it. Yeah. Me. I had an Af- I had an afro a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't you can't plan so, you can't plan and put processes in place for that one yeah. percent. This stuff just happens. You know, you yes. just gotta. You, you I can't deal live with it. it. Well, you got to. You know, you deal with it. You get I over can't. it. And you move on. So, so, I can't. So, you so, tell me how to get over. So, seriously, so, tell me. So like, and if you can't, breath, guess what? Dude. The universe keeps doing. Yeah, get the hell out of shop ownership. Well, no, you, it's half not, a honey bun, dears. It's a it's a surrender. That, that's that's my, that's my favorite word. My wife's a social worker. That, that literally, the universe and God Almighty Himself is sending you an opportunity for you to forgive yourself for something you have no control over. Yeah. Let it go. I, Let it. Yeah, and I tell you this as I if know. I'm like an expert at this, right? My son teaches me this. You know. Yeah. Just let it go. It's so it's it happens. It happens. Right. And the beauty of it is, you if you can, if you, you know what the worst part. You, but if you can, expl- if that customer, if you don't have that shame. Then the customer doesn't believe you're ashamed because there's nothing. And so when you say to the customer, I really, really appreciate you understanding this because I just want you to know we went over the entire thing. We checked this thing out and it really makes me feel bad that we sent you out and this thing happened. Guess what the customer says at that point in time? It's understandable. I've had that yeah. happen to me too. And, it, and this guy was super cool about they, it. And, and and it wasn't even now I'm going to upset the customer because he, at least when he called back, my service advisor handled it perfectly. He, he said, look, I'm just telling you right now, we test drove it this much. We did this. We we did our due diligence. I'm really sorry. Bring it back on Monday. We'll, t- we'll check it out. He did a great job. But the worst part about it is because like it turns into like this ball inside of my chest and I'm like I know and I almost want to and I got a bitch. So <laughs> what's the first thing I do? I, uh, when I when something like this comes up, I'll message my service advisor on a weekend while he's trying to his family. Mother F and F two fifty is coming back. Burp, 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 burp. And once I get it out, you know, I'm like See and I, that that's that's tough. But right? I dump it on him. And that's unfair. I shouldn't yeah. do that. Yeah, and I, I'm going to send really you the bad. messages. I'm really <laughs> yeah. send me the messages. Send me yeah. the messages. Seriously. I, and, and, and you know that that was in that class yesterday. There's a part where saying you're available 24 seven to your client. That yeah. that's I get that it's important, but man, it's tough. And and I've learned that having that tough conversation. And, and the reason I think it's important to be available for your client 24 seven is because now. <laughs> Oh, your cell, cell phone, phone number car. is on there. Mm. Um, I've got a cell here, phone we'll, number, but yeah, it's uh, like a yeah. Google I mean, voice number. Let's put that up where everybody yeah. can see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Call yeah. Tom. Um, <laughs> well, you know, here, here's the thing, though, is that 
it's so important to be able to have that conversation before they have the chance to get super upset. Have that conversation when, when look, I'm upset, my car is broken, what can I do to help, right? And, and I'm going to tell you, having conversations I don't want to have was something I always avoided. That was like my weak spot. Yeah, I still do. And and the more that I do <laughs> I it, the more that I have those conversations, the better I do with them. Yeah. The less anxiety I have about having those conversations. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, to, to get better at it, you have to force yourself through yeah. it. So I, I just, hold on, hold on. I need to ask. I don't know what you're staring at. Somebody died. Um, so you remember talking to Seth, and he's talking about the FRM. And he's like, yeah, they blow up just because they blow up. Like, right. Nothing you can do about them. They're they're junk. They just he didn't say that. That's my spin on it. They're ju- they're junk and they they break and they come in for an oil change. You didn't do anything else to the car. Yeah, I just spent twenty five hundred dollars over that. <laughs> they right? come in for an oil change. Well, yeah. So, well, well, there was probably an issue with the zapping on yours. But I'm saying these these and we had one. We've had one blow up at our shop. And he's like, and his approach was very pragmatic. He he was. But he almost leans into the confrontation where I'm like, let me just pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll eat it. I'll eat it. I didn't eat the, the last FRM I blew up. But my, my tech was killing. Like, he was so upset. And he's like, I know I'm supposed to wait X amount of time to let that thing power down before I disconnect the battery. It's like, I just sat through a training class about it. He was, he was super upset. We ended up, like, the, the car had to extend warranty. We ended up kind of get it worked out with the dealership or whatever because i i didn't have the equipment to flash it and so we shipped it up up the street and they took care of it but he he almost leans into that difficult conversation you kind of seem like you would do that absolutely so how do you learn that so so a little bit of seth yeah it, it looks like he doesn't give two shits you know what i'm saying he's like Whatever. Hey, yeah. you ever heard of the Mason Dixon line? That's got a lot to do with it. See, we're below it, they're above it kind of deal. We're nice, they're mean. I mean, that's just I how think it I'm is. above so, it, aren't I? Kansas. So when I say conf- I, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Kansas. When you say confrontation, I'm talking about identifying what I'm going through as this is happening. So if I'm ashamed, if I'm ashamed that this vehicle came Oh, back, he's not ashamed. Well, so, uh, I'll, I'll, so that I didn't understand. So this is how I would personalize it. If if I feel shame, if I feel ashamed at that this customer after they just spent twenty five hundred bucks, now they're coming back on the back of a tow truck with this thing having a injector that's that's yeah. whatever, right? What I say to that customer at that point in time is, I just want you to know how, how much I apologize for you, for the inconvenience that you've had to go through. Yeah. Part of this, even though we went through all of the checks and what have you, I just want you to know that part of me feels ashamed because I feel like we've. We've sort of we've we've we failed you in this. Most yeah. of the time, the customer is going to say, "No, no, no, it's not that at all. I really appreciate you guys sending somebody right over, whatever, and all this other stuff, and and you know, giving me the loaner car for the day, or whatever." I said, "But it, I just want you to know, I'm not done with that yet. I want you to know that I I want to I, I thank you. I, I I feel blessed that this situation happened between us. The fact that you're here for the first time, I just right. want you to know that some of our best customers." are people that we have failed, sometimes advertently, sometimes inadvertently. In this situation here, it was out of our control, but I just want you to know, you, people like you, thank God you you had you called me. Thank God you had enough trust to call yeah. me and say, yeah. I, let me fix this. Because yeah. sometimes yep. people just don't go, they go away. They just say, I'm never going back to that people yet. So yeah. the fact that you called me says that 
that and we, we need to do probably a better a job of, of articulating yeah. that to and the customers. Like, if there's any issue, yeah. you call me because I want to fix it. Yes. Don't you go off yeah. to left field. And well, not because I want you to, but I need you to. Because it's you. It's people like you that have helped us to get to how, where. Yeah. It's people like you that yeah, have turned us into a five-star shop. Well, I mean, you know, so much of what we do is really a presentation, right? And I mean that in, in a very organic way, right? It, it, from the time they walk in the shop to the time they leave the shop, it's my job to make sure that they understand. It's my job to make sure that they feel comfortable and confident in what we're saying. All the way up to the second that they are getting ready to walk out the door, I'm talking to them about what their warranty is, how to use their warranty. If you have a problem, don't hesitate. My warranties. No hassle, no questions asked. You got a problem? Call me. We're going to take care of it. I don't care where you're at. I'll even call the warranty company for you. It's not that big of a deal. Let me take care of this. Right, Mr. Client, I'm here for you. That's my job. And if you don't have that conversation, if you don't put that in their mind, it breaks and they take it to the shop down the road. You know, and I I just happened, I was on uh, I was on um, Facebook earlier and I, I saw a client that used to be our client and she's unhappy with our current price structure. I understand. Not a big deal. We're, we're not for everybody. And I, I happen to notice like, you know, I dropped my car off on this day and now it's this day and I've not heard anything. And they called and they had said they were ordering the parts and that this was the estimate to do it, but I've not heard anything back. Right. Well, when you come to me, that's part of the service you're getting. Right. Right. It's not the cheapest service. It's not always the fastest service, but you're getting something different with me. I have to show them that while they're there. That's my responsibility. And it comes down to communication. So, you know, basically everything I'm hearing you say, Bill, is, you know, you're communicating everything and every point and all your feelings to your customer. Whereas, you know, David is, uh, you know, he got that call about that F-250 and, you know, he's just sitting there getting all worked up and fumed over it and everything and just, you know... Whereas, you know, just communicate that right out, whether it's before, you know, before they pick up that car, let me know, you know, keep me posted. You know, I want to, I want to know, make sure everything's right. And that's the most important thing. We gotta, we gotta keep communicating and most all of our problems can be fixed with communication, you know, just getting it out there. And And I, by the way, I still feel exactly the way you feel. I feel the shame. Right, I feel the the disappointment, but immediately thereafter, what what flips it for me, what flips the script in my head, is gratitude. Thank God, it's only fifteen minutes later. Thank God he wasn't headed to Florida, right? Yeah. Thank God he's not. Oh, two that states. freaks me uh, out. But I mean, but again, <sighs> when so, they're like, "Hey, I'm about to go to Texas tomorrow, right? and I, you need to do six thousand dollars worth of work on this vehicle," and like, the, the, the guy comes back tomorrow. and says, "You know, my car feels funny. We didn't torque down one of the wheels, right?" Now. That's a conversation that has to take place with people. That says this is really, really, really we important. Did. We got people's lives on the line, right? Yeah, with the corrosion on the wheels. Immediately thereafter Killed is us. thank God that it came right back. It came right back. It could have been a lot worse. So can we learn from that? Because then it, people don't feel like they're being talked at. Now yeah. all of a sudden is this this is a this is a blessing. It really and and what are those things? They're always always blessings in disguise because it could always be worse. It could the only way it could be worse is if the entire building burned down because somebody didn't turn something. I'm you know. not that upset if it burns down to the ground. Even, it's whatever. So then, I'm so just saying. Even even then, that's not the worst case scenario. So there you go. I mean, you as go long as nobody died. Yeah, I don't want to be responsible to, for yeah. any deaths. Yeah. Except so, for well, I mean, I mean, I can be in the building. I'd be okay with it. I'm well insured. 
But there's a death in a different kind, and that is that if we aren't able to to put on our heads straight, and I, and I tell, and I say this to my, to my, if we don't have our heads screwed on right, then guys think that the best it'll ever get is that I just don't get yelled at by my boss, right? That's the best it's going to get because I'm never going to hear him say or her say, yeah. thank God, because this could have been a lot worse. We have something that we learned today. I'm eternally grateful for the team that we are and the fact that we grew. I feel like we're going to grow through this. I yeah. feel like we've all learned something. I don't. I don't always verbal. I, and it's probably I'm. I'm terrible at verbalizing that kind of thing with my team. But I. I will commend them because they will. They do a very good job of of I, at least identifying like, hey, I can't. We can't do it like this anymore. Like it's got to be like this. It's like okay, um, and a lot of times they don't. They don't even. I don't have to say it. They just. They know. They see the car come back in or whatever. They see the problem and they're like, hey, we got to do it like this now. Yeah, we do. Um, they, they do a good job. Like, I, I've got good people. Like The people aren't the problem. And it's a flipping it's cars. So, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a speech. It's not a homily they need. Sometimes it's literally just walking across somebody that's struggling, right? And then, and then they get themselves out of it. They find some help, whatever, and you just walk by, tap them on the back of the shoulder and say, perseverance. And then just walk away. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna walk up to them and say just random words. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hulu, well, you know, ostensibly, <laughs> Brandon. <I'll> <laughs> uh, you know, it was uh, that'll be good during that. I've got two Brandons in my shop. <laughs> we, we've got little Brandon and uh, big Brandon. So how do you who, who do you tell the let's go like if they've got to get done they with get lunch? excited? Do you, do you they, tell them both, like, yeah. let's go, Brandon? Yeah, we scream it all the time in the shop, oh. and he's like. Yeah, everybody's into me now. <laughs> he <laughs> Take does. A turn. Take we a have turn. customers coming in, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go, Brandon." And he's like, "Woo!" And he's <laughs> so. Um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting concept because uh, the other day, in uh, I think it was in the wrench work or the uh, find a wrench panel that I was on, somebody said, "You know." I can't ever remember the owner saying thank you. I can't remember anybody there ever coming up and saying good job. I can't remember. Anybody. That's a problem for me though because they get a thank you every Friday in their checking account. BS. Come on, you know that. If Dutch was here, he'd tear you to shreds. <laughs> Not only do they get a thank you, Dutch doesn't they ever get say a, thank you to anybody. They, what they get talking? a they get a extra kidding. match in their thank you into dumped into their four hundred one k. So they get lots of little thank yous. And then, you know, they get some crypto advice. I've got one of my techs. He's, he's buying crypto on the regular. The problem, and though, is if the, you've done it once, that's an expected thing now because it becomes habitual. But where's the unexpected? Oh, I remind them every week that at some point, we may not have paychecks this week. <laughs> get this car done. <laughs> You're running a hostage uh, crisis. Uh, it is very right. much hostage. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to delete that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's very much a hostage a thing yeah. what's that i wonder if he knows he's on a live stream yeah. you can at the photographer you can actually see him in the live stream that's awesome yeah. he's yeah. catching he's taking a picture of himself yeah, taking of a picture him, of yeah. himself that's awesome right that's fantastic well guys this has been good have we solved all the world's problems did we solve yes. at least that that uh that shop owner's problem systems processes and procedures don't assume anything 
when you hire somebody. That was what Mario Rojas said. I, I think uh, I think for me, forgiveness is the big one, right? Grace, yeah. Grace and forgiveness. Well, what happened to, like, you didn't bring that up with Seth. So I'd fire that one. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think. Not, not the tech that screwed up if you were late. Like, no, I mean, my, I, my guys I, are late every day. I uh, every day, yeah, every day. All I, I set standards and I set rules and I'll, I'll push. But I mean, set I think the standard it, there, David. What's that? I, I, I don't. I don't care. Set like, the that's standard. A, set the example, dude. I've had texts come in forty-five plus dude, minutes late. Dude, if he was late. setting the example, they'd be at the bank all day. Yeah, I don't want to set. That's the problem. Like that, I I get there on time. I do. I'll be a minute or two late. Depends on traffic sometimes, but. They 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 rush in, they except for one immediately start working, and you know they they get there and they're like let's go let's get let's do this it's not mosey in and I'm gonna relax for twenty thirty minutes. I don't give them grief about it and they'll stay late to get that car done. They'll work through lunch if I ask them to. They don't give me grief on they understand on the back end. I don't give them grief. It's almost a you know tip for tat that yeah, kind of thing. Go back to outcome right. Give me the 40, 45 hours of labor and do it however way you want to do it. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it, but everybody's different. Yeah. But, it, you know, uh, like Seth, he's a little bit more uh, rigid in his schedule. And you, you start looking at I don't know how you run your shop. There, but you look at some of these operations and they're like, it's by the minute. I'm measuring by the minute. I need to know. And Cecil said it yesterday. He was talking about. If you see some of these operations, start looking at how much it costs by the minute. And and some of these operations are like that. So you have to have the right personality in that shop. You, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you don't hire somebody that understands that and can adapt to that and thrive in that environment, I, I mean, I got at least one tech that would lose it. He just, where I've got other techs that, I mean, they've worked in that environment. They understand. They're like, you guys wait. And he'll tell me. He's like, you guys waste a lot of time here. Like, this would not fly at my last shop. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, it, it's got to be start at 7. And by 7.30, we have to have X amount of cars done. And it's like, the pace is 100 miles an hour. The problem is like, it yeah, seems like it's so unforgiving, here. though. You know, let's say you don't have enough cars. You got a tech that likes to work by the minute. Does he stay? Yeah, you'd lose it. In that, in that situation. Yeah. You know? It depends yeah. on the pace structure. You know, and again, but... it's, it's the relationship between your front of the house and the rear of the house. Sure. Is that, is that one day somebody's overachieving at the back, somebody's overachieving in the front, and, and it's it's that all-important grace. It's that we have grace. Yeah. That well, we're not too forgiving for mediocre, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we don't forgive mediocrity. But, but as far as, as far as, well, I mean, slowly. here's the thing is, is I'm going to piss David's slap off. If I could just turn his headphones off and he couldn't hear me, I would do that. But maybe I'll just turn his mic off. I, you know, so I've, I've got a series of motivational videos or whatever I listen to. Right, I've got a, a couple of them I listen to because there's points that I know I personally struggle with, and I'll listen to them to square myself back up, and and it works. Right, I I can see a difference in my decision making when I watch these, and that Andy Andrews video that I always talk about. He talks about forgiveness, and he said that, you know, the the Abraham Lincoln quote that he makes in that video where he talks about that that forgiveness is for the person giving the forgiveness, right? And so I think that when we can accept things and we can forgive those who have 
made a mistake or done whatever they've done, it's really for us. It's not for them. And so now we can stop thinking about what they did and we can start thinking about what the solution is. Yeah. Right. It clears our mind. It clears our thought process. Now we're moving. We're going in a direction as opposed to we're stuck on the facts. Somebody did this. I can't believe this. This car is this. This person is this. Right now we're talking about solutions. Yeah. Right. And you're, you're in action mode, not reaction mode. Yeah. Because well, if you keep thinking about it, you keep beating yourself up, you're, yeah. you're constantly reacting that. He's got to go. Let's cut this off. All right. Sounds good. Let's do it. Don't add it on Andy Anders. (laughs) Click. (laughs) Okay, fine. Here. End it on that. E plus R. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to ASOG.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax-deductible. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time. you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.